I find this reoccurring word over and over and over again. And, and the book of Proverbs and the Bible keeps using this word fool. And it talks about the consequences of a fool, but it also gives us the characteristic of a fool. The problem is no one wants to just say, yes, I'm the fool in the story. No one wants to read it and go, the fool, that's me. So we just skip over all that part and, and think about how that applies to someone else. Yeah, you can tell they, they've been the fool in that situation, but we never want to read it in the context of our own life. We read, we read uh, the, the book of Proverbs in the Bible uh, through the context of wisdom in our life. I'm the wise person. And yet we might be facing the consequences of being a fool because the Bible is very clear. It's full of consequences of being a fool. So we, we um, entitled the series, I Pity the Fool, based off of a um, major character, in, in, in if you grew up in the age that I did, uh, Mr. T with the gold chains, and he said, I, I pity the fool. And, and uh, man, you know, there was a time in my life when, it, when again, I, I could neither confirm nor deny if I had a Mr. T car- starter kit. Um, you know, I never quite got like he did, but I, I had a few. And, uh, you know, so the, the point was this, and, and, the, and it, the quote came from one of, his mo- one of his, when he was in the movie Rocky. And uh, it was, if you get in the ring with me, you're a fool, and I pity you because there's going to be a, an, a consequence or an outcome that's it's done. When you get in the fool with me, I'm going to knock you out, and you're going to face the consequences because it's just foolish to get in the ring with me. And, and much can be applied to living our lives as a fool. The Bible gives us very clear consequences of what will happen if we act like a fool in our lives. And yet we get in the ring thinking we can do something different, but the Bible does not lie. Are you okay this morning? All right, because y'all are just staring at me. Some of you are still mad from the last week. It was like a month ago, and y'all are still mad at me. Uh, well, don't worry, I'll give you more to be mad about today. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Some of us uh, think we're wise. Others of us say, well, I'm not wise, but I'm not a fool either. But nobody just declares, yes, I'm the fool. Uh, most fools, they actually think they're wise. It's part of being a fool. I was... Um, about a month or so ago, Dad got up and decided to clean out the, um, the attic above his garage. It had just, you know, over the course of 15 years, it had been just full of stuff. I'm going to call it stuff, but I really want to call it junk, but I won't. But you know how that goes when it sits up in the, in the attic for a while. So Dad gets up there and cleans it out. So one of the first things he needs to do is he needs to be able to see. All the lights are out. So he's got those eight-foot fluorescent uh, uh, light uh, bars, you know. So he goes up there, all the lights are out. So he goes down to Lowe's, he treks down to Lowe's, and, and he gets all of his bulbs and he brings them back. And he goes up there, and I help him unload, and he changes out all the bulbs. In the process of changing out all the bulbs, he dropped one of those eight foot fluorescent bulbs on the concrete, shatters it everywhere. And if you've ever seen one of those bulbs, they explode when they hit the ground. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? The, the shop lights explode. So here we are, we're cleaning up fluorescent bulbs and glass everywhere and all this stuff in the middle of the garage where we walk all the time. And we get upstairs, he changes all the bulbs out, spend all this money, he flips on the light, and nothing works. 
So frustrated. So what do you do next? If you know anything about putting those bulbs in, the way you kind of, you seat them, you think, well, I didn't get it quite right. So what do you do? You go twisting on it, right? Trying to get it to blink and light up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, men, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you're, and you're working with like, if I can get it in just the right place, it'll, and you're hoping to get that little flicker when you know you're close, nothing. So he's so frustrated and he finally realizes, after he's been fighting this, he's gone to town. You know, it's a good trek to go from, the, the, from his ranch to town and back, and he's followed. He's, you know, we're talking about a half a day at this point. And he finally realizes it's not the bulb that's the problem. It's the ballast, which is the mechanism that you put the bulb in. All the ballast are bad. Here's the thing. When you have a bad ballast... You can put the expensive bulbs in or the cheap bulbs in. You can twist them and turn them. You can, you can go back to Lowe's and demand new bulbs because their bulbs are bad. And, and you, can, you can blame it on a million things, but the real problem is you have a bad ballast. You can change marriages. You can change jobs. You can change schools. You can change friends. You can change churches. But that may not be the problem. You may be a fool and are acting like a fool. And you can change everything in your life, but you're the problem. We tell people all the time, and, and you know, we, we, we've uh, walked through so many people that have gone through divorces, it, whether it was your fault or someone else's fault, but if you don't get healed and, and, and figure out how to learn through that and grow through that, you'll go into the next marriage with the same problems of your last marriage. So we can repeat our same problems because we're not getting to the root of the issue. So that's what this series is about, figuring out, am I a fool and am I facing the consequences of my own foolishness? Blaming it on the bulb and everything else we can, but it's really, I have a ballast problem. You tracking with me? All right, I'm going to need a little bit more response from you today. Need to know that you love me and uh, all that. Why don't we pray this morning, okay? Father, I thank you for your presence that's here today. I thank you that we get to love you, that we get to serve you, that we get to come and learn about you. You are so good to us, God, and we're grateful that uh, you chose to send your son, Jesus, to come into our life, to come into this world, to, and, and to give us access to be in your presence every day. We love you for that, God. Now, open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you, to be challenged by the power of your word, and give us insight into our own lives that that if there's anything going on where we've been a fool in this area or that area that father we might be exposed to you and thus have the ability to make the changes in our lives we bless you now in Jesus name we pray amen so we'll pick up with this Uh, and and, and just to give you a quick recap in part one you know a fool by what leaves his mouth you know a fool by what leaves his mouth you're a fool if you slander others this is according to the word of God you can go back and get part one you'll see it on our app Uh, you're a fool if you slander others you're a fool if you belittle your neighbor you're a fool if you spout off before listening to the facts and you're a fool if you belch out foolishness Here's the consequences of those. Number one, you can't help anyone. You can't help anyone. You can't help the people in your life that need help. Number two, you cause resentment. Not, not only can you not help people, but, but you have a way of causing resentment in your life. The people around you resent you because of your foolishness. And number three, you are punished by your own words. 
Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So all of the slandering and all of the belittling and all the barking out uh, opinions and belching out foolishness that you've done, it comes back to get you. So today I want to make a shift. And it's graduation Sunday for us, so we're honoring our graduates. And uh, I know we have several that couldn't be here today, but that's okay. Um, so I thought this, this, this topic was very fitting in the context of this series. You know a fool by how he learns. You know a fool by how he learns. Five characteristics of a fool. Here we go. Number one, a fool. Actually, let's read in, in, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 16. It is senseless to pay tuition to educate a fool since he has no heart for learning. You're wasting your money sending a fool to college because he's not going to learn anyway. He's not going to learn anything. He's not going to grow any, any, at all. He's not trying to educate himself. He's not trying to get better. And, and this is what the book of Proverbs says. You are wasting your money trying to educate a fool because he has no heart for learning. In his heart, he doesn't want to learn. So even though he might memorize it for a moment so he can pass a test and make a grade, he has no heart for learning. There, there, when you read all the different translations of this verse, there's two pictures that you give. One is this picture of wasting your money on the education of a fool. And number two is this. Um, the second picture that they give, wives, think about it like this. You're cooking a meal. And uh, let's, let's say what, whatever meal you're cooking, you have to have oil to finish that meal. And you ran out of oil, you need oil. Okay, you need some cookie oil, vegetable oil, canola oil, whatever kind you use. You need oil. So you tell your husband, I need you to go to the grocery store, and I don't, you don't need to get anything else but come back with oil. If, ladies, you ever had this conversation? Come back with oil. So the husband treks off to Market Basket, H-E-B, Walmart, wherever you shop, and, and he's trekking down the aisles. Well, you know, we men, we get distracted. You know, man, you know, I'm always hungry. So when I go to the grocery store, this is just a bad plan because I'm always hungry. So you, you know, you get this and you get, well, man, I, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So you get some bread, you know, I, man, I feel like a bowl of cereal. So you get some uh, Captain Crunch and, and, um, you know, man, that ice cream looks good. So you get some bluebell and you say, oh man, we're, we're out of, uh, we're out of water. So you, you get a case of water, you get all the way to the front, you come in the house grinning ear to ear and you're carrying bags full of groceries and you're like, what? look what I did. I got all these, I got toothpaste for the kids. I got toothbrushes. I got milk. I got bluebell. I got everything we need. And the wife says, but did you get the oil? And you have that moment where you realize the one thing I needed, I totally forgot. And I don't know what ensues in your house, but it probably ends with a trip back to the grocery store. And, and that's the picture that the, that the Bible gives. That a fool will go to the store. I'm not calling all the husbands fools, okay? But this is the picture. You go to the store and you can buy a lot of good things, but the one thing you need is wisdom. And you spend your money on other things and never get the wisdom you need. Why? 
because a fool has no heart for learning. He doesn't want to learn. He doesn't want to grow. He's not even trying to. Here's, here's what he, said. he goes on to say in Proverbs 18 and 15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge. So a fool has no heart for learning, but an intelligent heart is acquiring knowledge, is, is searching on how to get more knowledge. Look, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So first off, he's acquiring whatever he comes into contact with. But secondly, he's going out in search of knowledge. He's trying to learn. You know what I think this is telling us? That we ought to be lifelong learners. We ought to be learning until the day we die. We ought to always be seeking to learn. Because the moment you stop learning, man, I'm telling you what, things are going to get bad for you in a hurry. Thinking you know it all is a trap. We've got to always be learning. Here's what, here's what Socrates said on the subject. Education is the kindling of a flame, not the filling of a vessel. So he, he said, education is like having a, a fire and you continually put fuel on it to keep it burning. It's not like filling up a bowl with water and then leave it sitting there. You've got to continue to feed the fire. Um, here's one more for you. Uh, Henry Ford said it like this. Anyone who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. But anyone who keeps learning stays young. You want to know the, the, the secret to the fountain of youth? Keep learning. Keep learning. Do you know any old people in your life? I don't mean old in years. I just mean old in the fact that they've stopped learning. They've stopped learning. Be a learner. Uh, you know, um, my, my grandmother, she's, uh, how old is mama, 86? 86, 87, whatever she is. And, uh, you know, I just absolutely love her. Um, when you go to her house, she's always reading something. She's either, okay, let me back up. She's either reading something, learning something, or she's Facebooking. One or the other. But she's 86, 87 years old, and she's still learning. What's she going to do with all that knowledge? I don't know. But her mind is sharp and clear because she's kept learning and kept learning. I want that to be said of me in my old age. He may be wrinkly. He may be have a bad back and bad knees and can't move and, and, and uh, you know, have a belly. So I may have a belly so big I ain't seen my toes in a decade. But you know what? I want to be a, I want to have a sharp mind that is continuing to learn. Can I get an amen this morning? It gets worse. The number, t- number two continues. Not only do you have, not have a heart for learning, but, but here's what he says. Um, you, you despise discipline. Proverbs uh, chapter 15 and 5. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. The, the picture here is, We don't want to be disciplined by people in authority over us. 
So we reject their discipline, talk about how bad and mean and evil they are, and, and yet we're supposed to call ourselves wise? The Bible says this is a fool. To d- despise discipline means that we are a fool. Now, he doesn't say here that we have to love it either. I've gotten, I've gotten in trouble a few times in my life. I didn't love it, but we never should despise it. A fool uh, despises discipline, but the wise person takes it as an opportunity to learn. Do you know what the wise man says? The wise man says, that wasn't fun. I don't really want to go through that again, so I'm going to learn from it, make adjustments in my life so that I'm not in this place again. The fool says, who are you to tell me? Like, I know what I'm doing. You can't discipline me. And then he finds himself here over and over and over and over again. A student who refuses to be disciplined becomes an adult who refuses to be disciplined and never does anything with his life. can't despise discipline, but we've got to uh, seek knowledge and learn and try to grow. How do you respond to correction in your life? It's depending on the version you're reading, it's discipline or correction. How do you learn? How do you respond when you get in trouble at work? How do you respond when you get disciplined or corrected? Do, do you get angry? Do you, get, do you blame others? You've got the wrong guy. It was his fault and their fault. Do you, do you take on the mindset and the mentality of a victim? If you really understood what was going on in my life, you're being so hard on me. How do you respond? Do you despise welcome discipline or do you welcome it in order to gain wisdom and knowledge and grow in your life? So number one, the fool has no heart for learning. Number two, he despises discipline. And number three, it gets even worse. We find this in Proverbs 17 and 10. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. Here's, here, here's what, a fool, what happens with a fool. You can beat a fool to death and he'll never learn. Think about it. A hundred is not a specific number. A hundred here means you have whipped them until you're, you can't whip them anymore and it's doing no good. Because uh, not only do we despise discipline, but punishment doesn't help. Doesn't help. When, when, Kennedy, and, um, when Kennedy was three or four years old, a number of things happened in our life all at the same time. Um, we had just moved from Nederland to Beaumont. Um, her grandparents had just moved from living next door to us uh, to uh, living in, in Waxahachie. My parents had just moved from living at the ranch and taking care of her all the time uh, to living in, in Sugarland half the time. Um, we had moved away from her rah-rah and Uncle Ryan uh, and all these things. Then she had a little cousin. She had been the center of everyone's world. Then she had a cousin. Then she, now she has a little brother. And, and you know, it can mess with a three, four-year-old kid. All that change. She didn't know how to deal with it. So she got into these where she was throwing absolute fits, out of control, just like one day, ask Pastor Lindsay to tell you her target story with my daughter. It was bad. Just would totally lose her mind. I don't know if you've ever had a kid like this. Just 
totally out of control. Well, you know, I, I grew up getting whippings on, a, on you know, a daily basis. And, and so this was a part of my life. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know how you discipline your kids. That's up to you. But we, we give whippings in our house. That's, that's what we've done. But we got to this place with Kennedy when she would get in the middle of these fits, crying, screaming, out of control, hitting things, hitting herself. Whipping wouldn't stop it. She was totally out of control. I mean, absolutely. And so now I've got her out of control, losing it. Her mom is in tears, doesn't know what to do. So I have to step in the only way that we could get through these fits. And they would last 45 minutes up to an hour and a half of just uncontrollable fit. I'd have to take her in a room. I'd close the door, sit against the door. I couldn't talk to her. And we had, we learned from nanny 911, seriously. You know, remember that show, Nanny 911? That's, that's what, that's what we, we, we're like, we're desperate. And I would sit up against the door, and I couldn't look at her. And the only thing I could do was when she would come try to hit me, just move her away and not let her hit me, okay? She'd go, finally, literally, it might take an hour and a half of this until she would finally calm down where we could talk through it and grow. But in that state, in her three to four year old mind there was no amount of whipping her that I, I could have beaten her till I went to jail and it wouldn't have helped because she didn't have the capacity in her mind she 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 literally lost her mind for a time thank God she's grown out of that thank God she grew out of that it was only a season if you're in the middle of that season with one of your kids there might be hope for you now there is hope for you um, but here's the deal. When I, when I think about this scripture, I think about my three-year-old, four-year-old daughter in that time, that no amount of punishing or whipping would help her. But for her, it lasted an hour or so. Some of us have been that way for decades. And the punishment of life does nothing to phase us. We keep on in our foolishness and keep on, and keep on, and keep on. Punishment doesn't help. You say, well, I'm just hard-headed. It's not really that funny. Wise people respond quickly. Notice the difference. One lash, one rebuke, the wise person responds quickly. But the fool a hundred lashes later, he's still trekking on doing his thing. How quickly do you respond? Number, th- number four, Proverbs 28 and 26. Proverbs 28 and 26. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. Here's an interesting one. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Are you the type of person who lives your life like this? My gut tells me to. I just feel like I should. My heart is telling me. You know the problem with that is? The Bible says your heart is deceitful and no man can know it. So we get to living by what we think we see, our own insight, our own intuition, our, our own uh, gut, our own well, what, what we just feel like we need to do. And the Bible says this makes us a fool. 
It might work right up this time or that time, but if you continually just live according to your own insight, the Bible says you'll pay the price of it, and it will because you will be a fool. Are you living by your own insight? You see, um, we have we we're, we're just not as smart when it comes to ourselves as we think we are. We have perfect 2020 vision when it comes to other people's problems and why they're there, but when it comes to ourselves, we can't see very clearly. Proverbs 12 and 15, companion verse here says, Fool think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. I'm going to do it my way because I just know this is right. Do you? The wise man has godly counsel. The wise man has people in his life that can see his blind spots and help lead him in the right way. If you think you know it all, this is the message version, you're a fool for sure. Real survivors learn wisdom from others. Why do we feel we have to learn it all ourselves? I just, you ever heard some, know someone like that? Maybe you're sitting next to them right now. I just feel like I got to figure it out myself. I just got to learn things the hard way. That's just the way I'm made. Well, change it. Change it. You will help everyone around you if you would stop just having to learn everything the hard way and start learning from the wisdom of others. Do you trust your own insight over that of godly counsel in your life? You never asked for directions. You may go to the doctor, but you don't even take his advice. Number five, Proverbs 26 and 11. Proverbs 26 and 11. Some of you know this verse. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. We're not learning, we have no heart for learning. We despise discipline. We don't want anybody else telling us and correcting us. Punishment doesn't work. Well, people have tried to talk to us and tell us that didn't work. So then they beat us with a rod in the back and that didn't work. And we just think our way is better and it's not working. So we just keep on returning and repeating our foolishness. And the cycle just goes on and on and on and on. Let me ask you this question. Is there an area of your life that if you were being honest, you would say, I've been in a cycle of foolishness. Maybe not every area, because sometimes we can be wise in one area and a total idiot in the other area. Just a total fool. So is there an area of your life when you just keep on returning? Uh, one, of our, one of our dogs ate, our, we have some ranch dogs now. So they're, they're ranch dogs. They hunt birds and squirrels. One of my dogs almost caught a duck the other day, no joke. If she hadn't wiped out in the ditch being full of water, she had herself a duck. She was going to get her some, a good dinner. Well, one of them ate an armadillo. They probably shouldn't have eaten an armadillo. Didn't work out well. And, of course, they, she, she threw it up. And my kids are standing there. She turns right around and licks it up. Straight nasty. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. My kids are, oh my gosh, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> but a dog doesn't know any better, so he returns to his own vomit. If you've got dogs, you know what I'm talking about. And this is what the Bible says is the fool does. He walks through his life. 
He makes, does, makes foolish decisions, refuses to learn, hates discipline, punishment doesn't help, and he, makes a, he, he just makes a fool of himself, pays the price for it. But instead of learning from it like the wise person, he goes and repeats the cycle again. And he just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on. I don't want to be that kind of person in my life. But I really want to learn quickly. I don't want you to have to tell me two or three or four times. I don't want you to have to keep beating me with the rod over and over and over again. I just want to learn it and move on. Let's go learn something new. Is there an area of your life when, when you've been repeating the same mistake and refusing to learn your lesson and you just, need to, you just need to move on to some other problems? Move on to some other things. Be foolish in another area, but quit being foolish in that area. Try something new. Try something else. So, two consequences today, and, and, and then uh, we'll, we'll pray and we'll close here in just a few minutes. Number one is this. Proverbs 19 and 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. First, first consequence of being a fool is you ruin your own life. You're busy pointing at the bulb and lows and the, all these things, but the truth is you've got a ballast problem. And you are a fool and you have ruined your own life. And you can blame everyone in the world. But if, the, if, if, you were, if you were to be truthfully honest in the presence of God through, through, through the Holy Spirit working in you, you'd say, you know what? I've been a fool. And I have ruined my own life. And then we blame God. We're mad at God. Look, Lord, why'd you allow this to happen to me? And God's saying, I tried to tell you. I tried to give you godly counsel. I gave you access to the Holy Spirit where he would lead you and guide you, but you didn't want to listen. You wanted to do it your own way because you thought your way was right, and you despised discipline, and you refused to learn, and you repeated your foolishness, and now you've ruined your life. You think you know better. Are, are, you, the, are you the fool? Repeating your own mistakes and ruining your life? Proverbs 10 and 14. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Not only are we like just running into problems to ruin our life, but being a fool invites problems to your life. You, you, you got a sign. Waving over your life that says, hey, problems, disaster, things that will cause me a lot of pain. I'm over here. I'm the fool. Come, come mess up my life. That's what being a fool does. We invite disaster. Consequence number one, you will ruin your own life. And then we blame God. Number two. Consequence number two is this you become a servant to the wise. We find this in Proverbs 11 and 29. Those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind, but the fool will be a servant to the wise. The fool will be a servant to the wise. So we end up in a place where we're no longer in control of our own life. 
We're, we're no longer leading, but we're a servant to someone else. I, I, I wanted to get that promotion. I'm tired of being the hireling. I'm tired of being the bottom of the end of the scale. I want, I want, to, be, I want to have a chance to be the leader, to be the boss, to, to, to be the supervisor. But I ne- they always look over me. Why? It might be because the fool will be the servant to the wise. The fool is the servant to the wise. You're no longer in control. No longer making decisions in your own life, but someone is making them for you. Do you feel like you're living your life in such a way that everyone else decides for you and you just have to live whatever, with whatever they decide? Might be because you're the servant to the wise. I want to live my life as a servant to God with wise people speaking into my life. But I don't, I don't want to give over control of my life to anyone except for God. God, you're in control. You're in control. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. But I don't want to be forced into a place in my life where I'm being led around to places I don't want to go, to be a person I don't want to be, to do things I don't want to do, because I've been a fool. You're a fool if you have no heart for learning if you despise discipline, if punishment doesn't help, if you trust your own insight, and if you repeat your foolishness, the result is you ruin your own life and you become a servant to the wise. Here's some good news for you. John chapter 4, the Bible tells us a very important story, and I won't take time to go into the whole thing, but he tells us a very important story. Jesus is coming through Samaria and he stops at a well. A woman comes up and begins dipping water. And Jesus speaks to her and says, Woman, give me something to drink. The woman responds, What are you doing talking to me? A Jew talking to me. A conversation ensues. And at one point, Jesus looks at her and he says, Woman, Go and call your husband and come here. She says, I have no husband. He said, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with right now is not even your own. I don't know what happened in this woman's life. I don't presume to know what happened. But after five times, and you're on the sixth one who you're not even married to at this point, I think it's safe to say that she was repeating some mistakes. She'd messed up her life. Sure, some things probably happened to her. She was probably done wrong. There was probably a lot of people that she could point to, men in her life who had treated her poorly, maybe had left her, maybe had beaten her, maybe had, and all these things, all true. And yet, she was continuing to repeat the same mistakes of her life. Somehow, Instead of finding a good man, she was finding men that would then leave her or treat her wrong and divorce her. She was unable to find the right man. She was repeating her mistakes. Here's what I love about Jesus. One moment, one moment with Jesus, one conversation with Jesus, just one brief time, and her entire life changes. 
And Jesus says, I'm going to give you a well that's stirring up and flowing from deep within you. And instead of looking for other people for your source and other people for your happiness, you're going to find it in me, and I'm going to come out of you. And God changes her entire life in just one moment of Jesus. I want to encourage you in this way today. No matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you might have made, what, no matter what disaster you might have invited on yourself, no matter if you have ruined your life in every area or just one or two, a moment with Jesus can get you back on track. It can change your life forever. And you may have lived a life of foolishness, but you can walk out of here today and start fresh. I don't know how you got to where you are. You could point to a lot of reasons and a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I think it's a good time that we learn, that we gain some wisdom, and we say, Father, help me not repeat the mistakes of my past, not repeat the same foolishness, the same unwise, foolish thinking, but Father, help me to grow. I don't want to be one who despises discipline, but I want to learn quickly. I want to have a heart for learning. To our graduates, you've graduated college today, you've graduated high school today, but the end of your learning hasn't happened. In fact, this ought to really just be the beginning. We got to continue to learn. We got to continue to grow. Have a heart for learning every day of your life. Don't ever stop learning. So when you stop learning, as Henry Ford said, you're old. Don't be old, but be young. I want to pray uh, for you today, and then we're going to pray for our, honor our graduates really quickly. Uh, but I want to pray for you. Is there an area in your life when you, when you can say honestly, you know what? I have ruined that area of my life with, with foolish decisions, foolish thinking, and just not being wise. I tried, but I was trusting my own wisdom, my heart, my own insight more than that of uh, the, of godly counsel and the word of God and the people around me and, and I want to learn and I want to get better and I need Jesus to help me we can have that moment with the woman in the well right now at just one moment it's a shift and when you leave here things change she still had to go back and deal with her life she still was living with a man she still had to go figure all that out but something shifted in her life with one moment with Jesus and that can happen for you today doesn't mean all of, it, all of it's gone. You don't have to deal with it when you leave here. You do. But you can leave here with a mindset that I'm going to be wise and I'm going to learn and God's going to help me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here today. I thank you for loving us, for caring for us, for speaking to us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us insight into our own lives. That you would expose things areas where we have been the fool and are paying the price for it. We've ruined our lives. Lord, I'm believing that for every one of us in this room that has one area or more that we've been the fool, I'm praying, God, that we would have an experience like the Samaritan woman where everything changes with just one moment with you. Just one moment. When we leave here, we go back to our lives. Let us go full of you, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, full of life, full of hope that things can turn around. Lord, let us not get and or stay caught up in the cycle of foolishness, but let us walk in wisdom. 
God, give us a heart to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.